So today I want to talk about two words instead of one, optimism and pessimism. And I want to take a closer look at these two words together, because frankly, I find it very difficult to separate them from each other. So optimism comes to us from Latin. It takes us all the way back to 17th century from the root optimus or optimum, which means the best, the best thing, the best of all possible worlds. And pessimism also comes from Latin, but this time the meaning is the worst, the worst of all possible worlds. And I think I find it very interesting, this tension between the two of them. On the one hand, um, if you're an optimist, you do believe that tomorrow will somehow will be better, that the arc of history will bend towards justice in a way, or uh, following the steps of Ralph Waldo Emerson, that history will move towards a greater good. On the other hand, if you're a pessimist like the Romanian-French philosopher Emil Cioran, uh, then you write in a, in a gloomier tone about the trajectory of humanity um, and you're not that hopeful that tomorrow is necessarily going to be more advanced or more progressive or in a nutshell better than yesterday. Sometimes I jokingly think if you open a map of Europe and if you trace the river Danube, the blue Danube, with your finger, as you move eastward towards the Black Sea, I think the level of optimism drops. So by the time you reach the Balkans, uh, by the time you reach Black Sea or Anatolia, I think culturally we're not very optimistic. Understandably, these are cultures that have had very complex histories. Um, so optimism does not come very easily to me. You know, again, jokingly, I think I can't be an optimist because I'm Turkish. It's not in my DNA. But I'm very much interested in this tension or duality between optimism and pessimism. And there's a beautiful, of course, expression that is largely attributed to Gramsci, the Italian thinker, public intellectual Antonio Gramsci, about how his mind is pessimistic, but his will is more optimistic. In fact, it wasn't Antonio Gramsci uh, who coined this expression. It was a French writer, a French novelist, a French thinker, Romain Hollande, who uh, also received the Nobel Prize in literature. He used this um, together, these two terms. But whether you attribute it to Gramsci or Romain Roland, I find it uh, important to bear in mind that actually it's not a bad thing for the intellect to be a bit more pessimistic. Why? Because it keeps us awake. It makes us aware of what is at stake in today's world. And frankly, if you're following what's happening in the world, it's very difficult not to feel pessimistic, right? Because so much is happening right now with a war going on, the pandemic, widening inequalities, climate destruction, you know, problem after problem. Uh, so when we are engaged, when we are connected, when we follow what's happening in the world, of course, our reaction to that can be pessimism. And I don't mind that. I think it's actually a good thing for the mind to be a bit more pessimistic. So I have a positive view on pessimism as long as we can keep our hearts more hopeful and more optimistic, which is not an easy thing to do. But I think the way to do that is by connecting. We need to urgently reconnect. 
we urgently need to do a lot of rethinking. So this is a moment in time when we're at a major crossroads. We need to reconnect primarily with ourselves because I think we all contain multitudes inside. We all have a pluralism, a multiplicity within. But the world we're living in never allows us to bring this multiplicity out, let alone celebrate it. We all have an inner garden that we should nourish, we should take good care of. So how do we reconnect with ourselves in a better way? At the same time, how do we reconnect with our fellow human beings beyond borders? I think it's very important to cultivate this sense of interconnectivity beyond all kinds of national, ethnic, regional and religious frontiers and boundaries. So let us remain connected. Let us hear each other's voices and stories. But also the third thing I want to tell you is that we also need to reconnect urgently with our environment. At a time when we are losing our only home, this planet Earth, at a time when climate destruction is accelerating, we urgently need to reconnect with nature, with trees, with the ecosystem we are part of, and realize that we're not superior to all other creatures. We're only a part of an ecosystem. And when we destroy that ecosystem, we destroy ourselves and vice versa. When we destroy each other in the name of nationalism, religious fundamentalism, or any other ideology that assumes that some people are superior to others, whenever we do that, we're also destroying the lives of plants and animals and entire habitats and ecosystems. So where we are right now, I think we need a healthy dose of pessimism to keep us awake, to keep us aware of what is going on. But at the same time, we need a healthy dose of optimism so that we can find the will, the desire to be more involved, engaged and connected. But in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is I don't think any of us has the luxury of being disengaged, disconnected anymore. The age we're living in, in many ways, is the age of anxiety. It is actually the age of pessimism. There's an existential angst. But let us not forget, it will be a much more difficult world to live in if from the age of anxiety, we drop into the age of apathy. The moment we stop caring about each other's stories, you know, the moment we become numb, indifferent, desensitized, I think that will be a much more difficult world to live in. So let us celebrate both pessimism and optimism together instead of trying to separate the two.